0: Welcome to Our Friend from Israel, a podcast brought to you by fromthegrapevine.com. I'm your host, Benjamin Cohen, and each month we'll have a conversation with an intriguing Israeli. They'll come from all walks of life. Actors, artists, athletes, academics, archaeologists, and other newsmakers. On today's show, Israeli actor Mark Ivanir.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, one last time before they launch to the moon, the crew of the Atlas, our inaugural mission to Mars.
0: That's a scene from a new Netflix series called Away. It follows the story of five international astronauts hoping to make history by being the first humans to land on Mars. The journey, which will take them away from their families back on Earth, is expected to last three years. The American Astronaut is played by two-time Academy Award winner Hilary Swank. Reaching Mars might prove to be the greatest achievement, not only for science, but for the future
1: of our planet. And not to mention one hell of a ride.
0: One of her fellow space travelers on the mission is played by Israeli actor Mark Ivanir. He portrays a grizzled astronaut who has logged more time in space than anyone else in the world. You may recognize the 52-year-old. He hit the Hollywood jackpot when one of his first acting jobs was being cast by Steven Spielberg in Schindler's List.
1: It's a good record. The only record here, look. Maybe I could put in a good word for you with a superiors. Superior. Oh, come on. I'm not as
0: bad as anyone says. He's been in more than 30 movies and has starred alongside Angelina Jolie, Matt Damon, and Robert De Niro.
1: <clears throat> and Mark Ivanir, and I nobody yeah. ever came close to what he could do. I was uh, so lucky that he that I that we have him in the movie.
0: Most recently, he had a major role on the hit Showtime series Homeland. In today's episode of our podcast, we caught up with him to talk about the new Netflix series, as well as his previous career as a circus performer on the streets of Paris, and his early life as an Israeli spy who went undercover on a secret mission to rescue Jews out of Ethiopia. His new TV series is a workplace drama set in outer space, but it's also a poignant tale for the historic moment we find ourselves in. It's a story of flight, of possibility and of hope. The first season of the show debuts on Netflix on September 4th. We had a whirlwind conversation over video chat and I really think you're going to enjoy this one. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. Today I am super excited to welcome uh, an Israeli actor, Mark Ivanir to the show. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you, Ben. How are you?
0: Good. So I know you speak... Um, I was doing a little research before we got on the call today. And you speak... How many languages do you speak?
1: Well, you did the research. How many? <laughs> I, I, it said six. Eight. Eight? Eight, yeah.
0: Okay, so let me Maybe see. Maybe since I can
1: then, I added two.
0: Uh-huh. Um, so uh, let's see here. Pajal, Shluche kokdolo, хорошо?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's decent.
0: Okay. Mashlamechayom? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, not very good because it's for a female, so oh, be
0: yeah. Ha She. <laughs> 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 gotcha.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so where where are we reaching you today? How are you uh, you're in quarantine or where, how are you spending quarantine?
1: Uh, I am in Los Angeles. I'm at home. I've been mm-hmm. uh, living here for 20 uh, odd years now and uh yeah and this is home
0: mm-hmm. how have you been spending your time since the since the pandemic started
1: uh lots of being at home uh yeah. spending which which is really nice with you know this that there's there's a uh, opportunity to be a lot with your family uh my daughter the one who helped me with uh, the computer right now. She, uh, she came back from Berkeley. She is at college. So she spent here for like six months. She's going back now uh-huh. and, uh, a lot of quality time with the family and, and yeah, that's the bright spot of, of it is that it's quality time.
0: Yeah. So I'm a big fan of, um, Homeland and I um I, I just got the I just got the link to watch uh, Away on Netflix and I got it 36 hours ago. I got it on Monday evening, and my goal was to watch to binge all 10 episodes before our phone call today.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and did I'm you hap- succeed?
0: I'm happy to report, at about midnight last night, I finished the finale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh so I definitely want to discuss, I, I thoroughly enjoyed a way and I, I can't wait to talk about that with you, but before right. we jump, jump into that, I want to kind of first discuss, you know, your life and your career. And as they say in Hebrew, uh, bereshit in, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about, um, where did you grow up?
1: Uh, I, I was born in the Soviet Union or former Soviet Union in, um, what was then, I mean, not, now it's the Ukraine, and uh, uh, I was, uh, when I was seven, my family decided to move to Israel, and uh, I didn't have a, too much of a say, so I went with them, and uh, yeah, and I grew up in Israel uh, from the age of seven, eight, uh, until basically I left at about uh, 35, 34, and mm-hmm. um,
0: when you were a kid, did you know what you wanted to be growing up?
1: I had many ideas. It would change. I, I have to say that mostly, you know, I, up until I was five, I thought I'm going to be a, pain, a painter. Uh-huh. And then suddenly the acting thing came in and I was like, yeah, that's, that's going to be that. And then when I reached high school, somehow it went to the you know back seat i i didn't even think about it then i had totally different ideas one of them would be to be a ranger in a, i i really liked going to nature and i was you know taking kids to on trips so i thought i'd be a ranger in a preservation or something and then there was a doctor on the table I was I, I got accepted to a medical school oh, wow. when uh, after the army and then I had a time of you know getting ready towards that. and then it was after three years of military, after during a war, during the Lebanon war. and at a certain stage I told myself why do do you really want to go for like seven years of now and then and then more? Yeah. Until you even become a doctor. so it's like a 10 year journey before you you just take just take some time for yourself and do stuff you want to do and everything and I took a year off and that's what I was trying to do. And everything had to do with acting or even it wasn't even acting it was pantomime and, uh, and tap dancing and uh, and then I joined a clown school and i uh and that's what I did for I don't know three years, including spending six months in a circus in Paris. oh wow, <laughs> uh, I was a juggler, I was an acrobat, I did many things like that, and only after uh i I kind of felt I had enough with that. I went back to Israel and I got into an acting school, but by then I was twenty five twenty six
0: yeah. You mentioned you were in the Israeli army. Uh, I know uh, a year a year or two ago, you were in a, a Netflix movie called "The Red Sea Diving Resort," where you played uh, an Israeli spy. Um, was that based on
1: some? I played the head of the Mossad. Yeah,
0: was that that was based on a, on a mission that you were actually on,
1: right? Well, it was my part in it wasn't very big. Mm-hmm. And the mission itself, "The Red Sea Diving Resort," is um, based on. A true story the mossad in the late 70s uh was trying to help the jews ethiopian jews to flee ethiopia because they they had a, a, a war uh, raging in it and the falasha the, the ethiopian jews were hurt by it a lot a lot of them would be uh, uh, you know, killed or uh, raped and and ravaged. And uh, the the Mossad decided, the Israeli government told the Mossad, let's try and help them. And there was, well, that's what they did. They found an abandoned Italian sea resort and took over and uh, leased it from the Sudanian government as a diving resort. And they thought that's going to be like a little hub and they're going to, all of the work from there. But then, uh, true story, the Sudanians who thought that's a real thing started sending tourists Uh there. And these Mossad people were actually running a diving resort for years and years during the day and then at night would uh, coordinate with the Israeli commando. So all of that took many many years and then what happened was that the Sudanese uh, kind of caught on and uh, they had to stop that and there was a total change of plans uh, the the American government was part of it it was Bush and in the 80s they were flying Hercules planes lending them in the middle of the night uh, in designated places that the Mossad agents would, Uh, uh, arrange and lift off with dozens and hundreds of people. And they, throughout two or three years, they managed to get around 20,000 people away from uh, Ethiopia into Israel. And I was, as part of my service in the intelligence forces, I was on four of these flights. Uh, and I landed in Sudan uh, a couple of times as well uh, to help them you know, get on the plane. So when the director of the movie sent me, I, I got a text message from Gideon Ruff, whom I knew before. And he said, look, uh, I, I know that the casting, we, we uh, sent you an offer for this movie, just wanted to make sure. You got it, and, and so we had a whole conversation. And then at the end of it, I'm like, uh, you know, I was on that mission. <laughs> he and didn't even he know. Is, Hold on one second. <laughs> it's like in the middle of the ta- of night in Cape Town, and he dialed, and he, you need to, what, what the hell are you talking about? And then I had to tell him this whole story. It was really moving to be there, playing the head of the Mossad, but there was recreation of of these, uh, you know, landings. Yeah. And I, you know, I I was standing there as the head of the Mossad, but my memory from 1984 was getting off the planes and supporting the old Ethiopian Jews or, uh, you know, gathering the kids. Me as a 20-year-old with a gun, you know, uh, being part of the mission. It was really Mm a movie.
0: Does your experience as a spy you know, a spy has to kind of like pretend to be somebody else. Does that help you at all in your job as an actor? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that it's like uh, on, a, on a daily basis that this is part of my thought process or work process, but uh, I guess it, it, it contributes to, you know, getting into someone else's uh, skin and, uh, you know, building a character. Yeah. yeah.
0: Because it's funny, you know, human beings, we all, you know, want to know and be known. And, you know, being a spy undercover kind of works against our natural instincts as human beings. So it kind of takes a toll. I mean, I guess it would kind of take a toll on you when you when you get back to normal life, (laughs) you know, after
1: that. I think, you know, it's it's interesting how it's some actors have problems with it because it is kind of in a way abnormal you know, Shakespeare has, uh, he says in Hamlet, we are actors. We're not normal people. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm not quoting directly right. his, his language, but that's basically what he says. The guy who is the head of the uh, player troupe in Hamlet. So some people can take it. Some I, I've known two actors who actually got a little crazy uh when they went too much into and couldn't get out of it and uh, in, into a character and then kind of got stuck there. And mostly it doesn't happen. And mostly you can you can just snap out of it and, and just go on with your life. I think. Thank yeah, for... I was
0: watching that uh, that Netflix series with um, Sasha Baron Cohen, where he played the Israeli spy uh, Ellie Cohen. Yeah, and, you know, it correct. was very tough. He was, you know, day and night. He had to play a different, you know, person than who he actually was. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's not easy, but uh, yeah, it's part of the job. Yeah.
0: So after you, you were in, in in the army, and then in the circus, and you came back to Israel, and you worked. Uh, you started your own theater company.
1: Well, it, it wasn't. I joined mm-hmm. a, a theater company that was. Uh, founded by a f- famous director and a few people from that came from Russia. It's 1989, the fall of the USSR, uh, the wall, and th- there was a big influx of immigration coming into Israel from Russia. So a few uh, theater people, actors, director, uh, uh, managers, they came. All together and decided to make a theater for the Russian audience in Israel and as someone who was spoke both Hebrew and Russian they approached me and uh, you know offered me to, to join the theater which I did and I spent there about 10 years Wow
0: and so if I'm getting the arc of your career correct and again I can't believe everything I, I read online but you know most actors they start off in in uh, commercials for cereal and detergent. But one of the first things on your resume is a Steven Spielberg movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my, my first, first movie was Rambo three. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't think it's, yeah, uh, I was in just before acting school. Uh, They took me out of it completely. Uh, It was a very small part to begin with, Uh but, uh, But yeah, the, the thing that made basically made who I am and made my career was Schindler's List.
0: What was it like working with Spielberg?
1: It was, um, it was amazing. It was, you know, I I was doing mainly theater bake back then, of course. And then this opportunity came my way and it was just a glimpse into a different class of of work and and how to do things and the scope of everything and eventually so i spent that three and a half months and it was it was very elating and interesting and on so many levels and then i went back and rejoined the theater for six more years but it it did kind of put a in a way it was, I, I, I was done when, when I, when I finished this movie it was like, yeah, it's without me knowing it was the stamp of, it's not done here. I will, uh, I, it, to be continued.
0: It's like you're reaching your peak on day one.
1: Yeah. 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 But, um, uh, he, he was he was, Steven was amazing. And then I, uh, worked with him twice, after which was great as well and every time it's interesting how this movie meant so much to so many people we're
0: talking about uh, schindler's list
1: yes yeah. correct yeah so when you when you i mean throughout the years when i meet people who were part of it there's an instant connection yeah. that can't be denied i i just on the red sea diving resort i worked with ben kingsley and it was the same thing. We haven't seen each other since 1993, uh, which would be what, like seven, um, uh, 20 you know, 15 years or 70 years. Well, just math. a second. No, it no, was 20, 19, 27 years. It was 2017. Yeah. 27 years. Or 25 years. Yeah. And we met at the airport in London on the way to Cape Town. And it was like, we haven't, uh, you know, like 20 Five years, uh, odd years didn't pass. We we sat down and we had this conversation. There was an instant connection. And it was the same thing with Steven on the second and the third movie. And uh, everyone, from time to time in L.A., you should bump into someone who was the first AD on the film, like on a set of something I had. And we stood for... 45 minutes and just reminisced in the in the middle of uh, it was not Sony or something. Yeah, it's it's really It's it's a bond yeah.
0: When we return we go behind the scenes of mark's new netflix show Plus he reveals how his circus background helped him play a floating astronaut
1: From day one, I was like, "Okay, let me show you this and let me do three somersaults in a row.
0: All that and much more after a quick break. Now that our friend from Israel is back from hiatus, we're excited to share a whole new batch of episodes with you. In the months ahead, we'll be having conversations with tech gurus, actors and even a clown who works at a hospital.
1: For example, if I see a kid in the bed, that the doctor comes to the room and needs to examine and to ask him question, or the nurse come and give him some uh, medicine that he needs to take. So as a clown, the first thing that I want is to take these kids out of the bed, to bring him childhood back, to give him the opportunity to choose to do what he wants.
0: Those interviews and many more will be coming soon in your podcast feed. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to Our Friend from Israel on your podcast app to ensure that you're alerted right when new episodes are released. And now, back to today's interview with Israeli actor Mark Ivanir. So... I know you were in 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 Homeland, which I uh, I recently just finished uh, the final the final season. Um, but I wanna I wanna the main the point of our conversation today is I want to talk about your new Netflix series uh, Away. Uh, mm-hmm. I recommend uh, for our listeners who uh, to watch the trailer. The trailer was like it was one of the best trailers I've seen. <laughs> I, I, I you know I'm a jaded television viewer and I, I look at things I'm eh. But that I was just like, wow, this looks good. <laughs> so, can it you set the good. table? Can you explain the uh, the premise of the show?
1: So, an international team of astronauts and and one cosmonaut, uh, who played by me, uh, the Russian Misha, uh, we are going to Mars. It's mm-hmm. an international mission uh, to reach Mars and hopefully, you know, do some research on it. And uh, it's a really, I think the end result, I'm very happy with it, because it's a combination of workplace drama and a family drama, Uh, really well done on both ends. But the workplace is space which uh, is, uh, and it's really well done. I mean, I haven't seen any TV shows about space that have succeeded in, in may- it, it looks like the best movies in the oh, sense yeah. of the way we float in in the air. Uh, it reminded the, me of
0: like, um, yeah, like uh, the George Clooney, Sandra Bullock movie, Gravity. Correct. Like to me, the special correct. effects here were, were probably even better than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it it was an incredible feat to to be able to do that. So uh, half of the show happens in space while we are on our way to Mars. And then the other half, and it goes back and forth, is whatever is happening on Earth with our families. Mainly the the lead of the team, uh, the commander, is Hillary, is played by Hillary Swank. Commander Emma Green, and there's a focus on her family on Earth. Her husband, Josh, Charles is playing her husband. and uh, But all of the team, which is a Chinese astronaut, Indian, Ghanaian, British, and the Russian, we have uh, all of our backstories get into the story as well. So you have flashbacks and you have uh, real-time conversations with our families. So it gives you uh, uh, the two worlds in in one.
0: Yeah, I thought your character, Misha, was interesting because you you had you actually evolved a lot during the series. You you know, you start off as this, you know, you're the most they call you the most experienced you know uh, astronaut in the world. You've been in space the more than anyone else. And you're kind of like this cocky John Wayne character. You always know what the mm. gr- ground control is going to say before, <laughs> before they say it. Um, yeah. But then, you know, obviously we, we learn about your backstory and we learn um, about, you know, the issues you have you've had with your family and your kids and your grandkids. And then <clears throat> you experience some medical issues on board. You know, so it was mm-hmm. your character. I thought really of all the five characters, I thought kind of really grew a lot during during the journey.
1: I agree. I, I had. I mean, the the writers did a, an amazing job on so many levels. It's such a difficult thing to do to juggle all of these uh, issues that they are bringing into it. And I don't want to spoil, but but uh, there's each of us has a backstory that has uh, interesting angles and surprises, etc. And uh, not to fall into something that is. Melodramatic or over melodramatic and uh, sappy, and uh, they did an incredible job to actually make it work and uh, feel like drama and not uh, not a soap. And uh, yeah, I, I think Misha's Misha's journey is a really interesting journey, and we kept they were uh, extremely gracious and uh there was a constant kind of conversation and collaboration on on developing it
0: yeah there's also this you know there's also you're almost a little bit of the comic uh, relief sometimes on the show
1: i'm doing my best yeah i actually actually this i realized like two or three episodes into the show that this character goes more and more towards my my uh, friend uh who is a contractor here in la <laughs> and and I, I i started getting more i mean there's something about him that i love that he is a big strong man with an armor but that armor you know, cracks a little bit, yeah. uh, and then you see this real emotion. And I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly this guy. He is very protected. He protects himself. But you have this. And the humor is his way of dealing with the world. It's like everything is a joke. Nothing is serious. It's like chill. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's always fascinating when you find hooks from your real world and you drag them into whatever character you are performing.
0: Which brings me to my next question. I was super impressed. I want to know how you filmed those uh, zero-gravity scenes because in a lot of places in the ship, you're, you're floating around in the ship. Uh, if, if any mm-hmm. of your uh, circus performing background helped you with, with some of those maneuvers...
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well. first of all, they brought us to Vancouver two weeks before the beginning of the shoot for a, a they called it the, an astronaut mm-hmm. boot camp. So there was a big team of people with rigs and contraptions and uh, suits and we were hanging by cables um, with harnesses and it, it was a whole operation so for two weeks from morning until afternoon we were training on how do you control yourself in that type of a situation so you're hanging by uh a cable in a harness but uh you need to be in control of your own body you need to be able to swirl and uh and go like 360 and all of that which what we did for for the first two weeks but then every day from the day we started shooting we we kept doing that as well and yes my my background as an acrobat was really helpful i mean first of all i was very show-offy so from the from day one i was like okay let me show you this and let me do three somersaults in a row while the others were still figuring out but uh there was it, it wasn't really i mean you don't need to do these things in the show. In the show, what you actually need to be able to do is to be hanging in the air, look, do things in kind of slow-mo, but still be able to talk as if everything yeah. is, is okay. And for that, uh, actually, uh, Vivian, the, the Chinese uh-huh. uh, uh, actress was very elegant with that. She, she was She was very good. I would be the go to if they needed someone to float like head down or uh the the crazy things. Jeff the guy who handled that department was like every time would come and oh for this we need Mark. Mark will he's game. He's gonna he's gonna do the, the stupid stuff or the, the more yeah, there was complicated. A scene where I stuff.
0: think you were sleeping like <laughs> like while floating in the air.
1: <laughs> yeah, head down, like a bat, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. So it, there's a certain, uh, um, I think there's a certain renewed relevancy to this story now that we're in this global pandemic, and you know, definitely life is so we're realizing life is very fragile. And I think you know, I think you know the whole concept of of looking for you know uh, life on another planet, maybe potentially a place where humans can can move to, you know, if Earth doesn't survive. <laughs> and yeah, what are your thoughts about that?
1: Part of the show. I think one of the underlying ideas and themes of the show is the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. We uh, we get into this uh, tin box and we go tens and millions of miles away uh, without knowing what exactly is going to be our faith, what's going to happen with our families. And uh, in a way, we are in the midst of, of a huge cloud of unknown right now it's really difficult to plan anything, right. everything is uh, is subject to change so uh, I think the show inadvertently and without meaning it to begin with because we shared it before does get a, a very similar feel uh, a lot of metaphors of what's happening now I think it will make it even more you know, poignant right now because it corresponds really strongly with what we are going through, the, 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 the unknown and the concern about what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what goes on with the family. Uh, I mean, we are, there was an eerie, when we were shooting, we were talking about it, there was an eerie um, connection to how we were, on set away from home mm-hmm. uh some of them some of the actors live in new york some live uh, one lives in london some in los angeles but we were all away from home right in that place and uh, and it's the same thing with the cosmonauts and astronauts who are away uh in space so there's a lot of
0: you could tap into it.
1: Similarities yeah. to, you know, it's it's a play between fiction and reality.
0: Yeah. I know. So the mission itself, I think, is, is supposed to be three years long, you know, from when yeah. the astronauts leave Earth until they come home. Um, would you, you have obviously such a uh a sto- you know, a different, a variety of things in your background. But is this something you would ever consider doing? Uh, le- leaving Earth for no. three years?
1: <laughs> no. How about one year? No, I have no desire. <laughs> even a month? No. <laughs> no, I'm 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 an Earth boy. Yeah. I don't. I I. That's not my. In 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 the movies.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> what would be the hardest thing for you if you if you were up there on, on a mission like that?
1: I, I guess uh, the, the the distance from the family yeah. yeah not being not being able to I mean my mo and I'm traveling a lot I'm, I'm working a lot internationally um, and uh, but whenever I need to I can hop on a plane and go home which happens a lot I I, I would shoot. Like I shot a series in Paris and I would come and I came for my daughter's birthday for one day. Uh Uh, I was shooting something in Cape Town and there was some kind of a, you know, problem with my other daughter. Uh, So I flew in from South Africa for like a a couple of days. Yeah. Which was the stay was was shorter than the flight. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, but it makes sense. You can't do that in space. Uh And that would be my, my main thing.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously, I don't want to give away uh, any endings or spoilers or anything. Ha- have there been talks at all of a season two?
1: Um, yes. There's there's no Netflix. Ha- they haven't ordered the season two, but uh, I know that the writers are kind of sitting together and and working on options for what can happen in season two. They're actually they're They're talking to us about it. So there's some kind of a uh, gearing up. Hopefully, you know, uh, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I see some things have already started to restart filming. I'm a big one of my guilty pleasures is watching uh, Christmas movies on Hallmark. And I Mm. I saw that (laughs) they they filmed a few uh, in uh, this summer. In uh, Canada, they were able to socially distance uh, oh, well. and film a few this summer.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, it's it's so, it, it again, boils down to that unknown. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I hope, personally, I hope they, they take some time. I do want it to, to happen, but I would love for them to take time and, and do it in a more, you know, normal fashion. Sure. Not like what's happening now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying that there's a his popular Israeli show called Shisel, which also a Netflix yeah. show, and I saw they just started uh, filming the new season, you know. season three. I know yeah.
1: that in Israel they are shooting. Yeah. There's uh, and and in Europe as well. I think even in L.A. I got a uh, recently something from SAG that we're talking about uh, opening up and little by little getting protocols and starting to yeah. do things here as well.
0: When we return, Mark reveals where he sees himself in five years. Plus, we chat about his extensive work voicing video game characters.
1: But there, I was playing a, an 80-year-old Jewish Kabbalah uh-huh. uh, expert, uh-huh. and uh, and it was so much fun doing that because there, and they give you a lot of freedom. So I was using all of my Yiddishisms. And uh, my childhood, you know, I grew up in a family where there was a lot of Yiddish, so it was kind of an homage to my grandfather.
0: All that and much more after a quick break. If you're enjoying this episode, you'll also want to check out our ourfriendfromisrael.com, where you'll find the entire archive of interviews we've done, including with scientists, alien hunters, magicians and dog trainer Tamar Geller, who works with celebrities like Oprah Winfrey and Ben Affleck. And one of the things that I do is teach them to remain calm even if there's chaos around them. So I asked Ben to start like running around and jumping and acting different thing. And he just reenacted a scene from a movie that he did. I'm not sure which movie it is, but it was like some kind of a war movie because he was dodging bombs, rolling on the ground, you know, doing everything. And it was unbelievably cute. Uh, uh, Absolutely sweet to see how involved he was wanting to help his dog. You can find that interview and our entire archive of episodes at ourfriendfromisrael.com. And now... Back to today's interview with Israeli actor Mark Ivanir. Uh, we only have a few minutes left. I just want to maybe pivot and get uh, th- throw a few more questions your way. Um, sure. if, if I've done my math correctly, you've done uh, voiceover work in more than th- 30 video games, including the popular yeah. uh, Call of Duty series. Um, yeah. Do you is, is that which do you enjoy more being in front of the camera behind the camera?
1: Well, you know what it's the, the fun thing about video games now is that you don't have to be it's not only it used to be a voiceover thing uh-huh. it was you you would go into a recording studio and just do uh, that but now with the motion capture, uh-huh. you don't have to. actually it's really exciting. So you put on a suit, and you act as if you are in front of the camera. And even more interesting, I haven't done theater in over 20 years, but mocap is a little bit like theater. So you can go a little, you know, uh, theatrical and a little overboard. I had uh, actually the, 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 the thing that I enjoyed mostly was uh, I did two Wolfenstein, uh, Wolfenstein, uh, I think that's the name, uh, games. Uh, which you know goes to the 90s one of the first uh games that that had how do you call it the first player something i you know i I'm, I'm doing all these games but i never played them. <laughs> uh anyways but but there i, I was playing a, an 80 year old jewish Ka- Ka- Kabbalah uh-huh. uh, expert uh huh and uh, and it was so much fun doing that because they and they give you a lot of freedom. So I was using all of my Yiddishisms uh-huh. and uh, my childhood. I grew up in a family where there was a lot of Yiddish, so it was kind of a homage to my grandfather. But you do you do act. It's not it's not that it's just a voiceover right. gig. Right.
0: You've done so many different things in your career, whether it's, you know, uh, being a spy, a circus performer, you know, a theatrical performer, an actor. Is there is there one particular area that you um, uh, that you like more than the other?
1: I I think it's the acting, Mm -hmm. because in many ways it gives you uh, an opportunity to do all of these things in, in in somewhat safe capacity. Yeah. So, you know, you can be a spy, but uh, then there's cut and, you know, you go and have the snack. Right. Uh, It gives you an opportunity to get into so many characters and then leave them and, you know, be yourself. That's it's lovely.
0: Yeah. If you and I were to have this conversation in five or ten years from now, uh, where would you hope to be personally, professionally?
1: Not on Mars. <laughs> uh, more of the same, I have to say. Really? It's like at this stage, it's about good parts, uh, something juicy that I can, you know, stick my teeth into, sink my teeth into, and 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 find uh, new and and exciting uh, aspects of it. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of content. I have to say.
0: Uh-huh. That's good. Um, I'd like to end all my interviews with this question. Um, is there anything I did not ask you that I should have asked you?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I had this stupid thing, but I'm not going to say that. Uh, Now you have to say it. (laughs) How come you're so good? Uh, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, uh, no, I think you, you kind of covered it all. Okay
0: uh what well, i'm trying to think of um to uh, is is thank you in hebrew very good das, no yeah. dasvidanya means good morning in in russian
1: no it it actually means goodbye
0: oh dasvidanya yeah okay double means good morning I think Correct. yeah okay <laughs> I'll work on it next time <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> Mark thank you so, so so much I really appreciate it. I know you're busy I really appreciate you taking the time uh to chat with sure us better. today this has just been a real a real real thrill I really appreciate it
1: thank you so much Benjamin or oh, Binyamin
0: Binyamin whatever either one Binyamin <laughs> in Israel okay.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> all right yeah. thank you so much
1: yeah uh, it was fun yeah
0: all right stay Cheers. safe out there
1: you too all bye-bye. right
0: bye-bye Our Friend from Israel is a production of FromTheGrapevine.com. Extra notes from this episode can be found at OurFriendFromIsrael.com. Want behind-the-scenes access to the show, including sneak peeks of future episodes? Join the Our Friend from Israel Facebook group. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. If you haven't already, please leave us a review on the iTunes store. It only takes a minute, and when you do, it helps others discover Our Friend from Israel. Our show is produced by Paul Casco. Our head engineer is Everett Adams. Our theme music is by Chaim Mazar, a Hollywood film composer who grew up in Israel. You can visit our website at ourfriendfromisrael.com to find more episodes of the show. And if you have an idea for a future guest that we should interview, send me an email at cohen at com. I'm your host, Binyamin Cohen. And until next time, stay safe out there.